Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is Archery Unfiltered, the show that cuts out all the nonsense and gets right to the core of what it takes to make you a better archer. I am driving home from Reading with my close friend uh, and sidekick, Jim Padilla. Jim, say hi. Hello. Uh, We just finished shooting the uh, Western Trail shoot, the Western Trail Classic in Reading. It's pretty awesome. It was four days of archery pandemonium. Uh, It's pretty great. Let's see. Big takeaways from this weekend. Gaius Carter, uh, who's just like on a what rampage? What would you call it? He's on a roll. He's he's dominating. Dude's definitely shooting his bow very good, even though it's PSE. Um, he beat Louis Price. Louis Price, if anyone knows, has like a pretty amazing story. I didn't know this. Most of the shit you don't find out till like the year after. But apparently, last year he was gonna win it like he was what one down was that what it was Jim yeah he was uh, pretty much dominating I heard and what did he do he misset his sight and then that's biffed one and it yeah. cost him the cost him his shoot last year that's pretty crazy because I I remember Chris Perkins winning it with an absolutely dominating score but maybe he would have had to shoot off for it if it wasn't for you know Louis making that that mistake so Louis ended up going to a shoot off again he was one of the few who was just fucking shooting clean for two days in a row. And then he ended up going up against Gaius Carter. Gaius is a beast this year. You know, young 20-year-old guy. They were both two down. They are both two down. Thank you, Jim. Uh, you know, and uh, Gaius just happened to take it. So that's pretty cool. My buddy Austin made it to the shoot-off. Guy that, you know, he was my teammate. We shot all weekend. He crushed it. I think uh, at the end of the week he was only eight down, so he ended with a, a fifteen thirty-two. Uh, fantastic shooting on his behalf. Um, you know, not a lot of people talking about how bad they shot. I gotta say, I remember I, I'm used to hearing a lot more. Maybe, maybe you guys are just keeping it to yourselves when I'm around, but. Only a handful of people came up and told me how bad they shot. And, you know, when that happened, uh, I just walked away. I, I you know, <laughs> she was doing the, uh, the throat stab, uh, <laughs> uh, the universal sign language for throat stab. But, uh, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't get too much of that. The few people that did, you know, I get it. You know, you, you had a rough week, but ain't, ain't no one got time for that. So let's see. Um, we can talk about our predictions for the week. Our predictions for the week. <laughs> Go on, Jim. Our predictions for the uh, what we thought, who was going to do well, 
come out and win. I was um, I was pulling for Dave Cousins, and I don't think he did well enough. You were pulling for Dave Cousins? Yeah. Yes, I was. Dude, it ain't 1995 anymore, dude. Dave Cousins is gonna have to get off his fucking wheelchair to shoot some real scores if he's trying to get gold here. Well, he just borrowed the Gillingham Walker, and he was fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So me and me and Jim were talking our predictions earlier in the week about who we thought we're gonna, was going to take it. Uh, Jim, having loyalty to old people, picked Dave Cousins. I picked uh, Bodie Turner. You know, and you know, both those guys shot well. Somebody didn't somebody pick Blake Jerome? Uh, yeah, I, one of our homies picked Blake. You know, which is a, a sure bet all the time. Blake's always shooting great. But uh, man. Louis Price, Gaius Carter. I mean, it's crazy that Gaius is kind of like the dark horse. The guy, you know, I mean, to us, who's who's to say? There might be other people in the, you know, in the target archery world that saw that coming for a long time. But, you know, I, I was focused on Bodie. I thought Bodie was going to take it. Yeah. And again, like you said, the word will come out later. Maybe there was somebody who was on track and they had a malfunction or they had a little mistake and it just cost them dearly but we won't know these insights until later yeah the fine deeds the little details it's crazy you know crazy shit we find out about I didn't know someone got shot in the cell phone last year did you know that I did know that I did hear that what happened last year um, I'm not too sure but they are what the primary story was they someone was being unsafe by sky drawing yeah sky drawing became a big fucking issue today um this morning uh tom daly senior tom well before tom daly senior this morning someone came up to me and told me like hey i'm gonna start some shit today and you know i don't know why they felt the need to tell me because i'm i'm just this tiny fish you know but uh, this gentleman was saying that he said everybody's sky drawing and no one's enforcing this rule. And, you know, to be fair, in my mind, I disagree. All right, this guy was saying what sky drawing is is anytime the arrow is pointed upwards towards the sky. And I know a lot of people will kind of kick their bow upwards, but they don't really draw it back until the arrow's level again. They just do that to get like a little set their shoulders. Yeah, they set their shoulders to get a little momentum on the pole or what. I don't know what. I don't know, but but most people aren't even drawing the bow back at that point. And you know, someone had mentioned that. This guy goes, no, no, no. The definition of sky draw is any time the arrow points towards the sky, which is you know, okay, fine, whatever. But there's going to be a lot of targets in Reading that are in the sky because they're you know. Elevated. But anyway, this guy's like, I'm going to start some shit. We're going to disqualify a bunch of people. Heads are going to roll. Blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, this dude's a bare bow shooter. He's very good. And um, to me, it, it just seemed like anti, like in my mind, it was just anti-compound shooter mentality. But the reason behind that, the reason why there's concern it's because someone almost got fucking shot this weekend. Right, Jim? What, what do you think about it? Yeah, it's, uh, it was a bad situation. Uh, it's, it's not good. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, it comes down to this 
someone's going to be a sacrificial lamb in this kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, Tim Davis almost got shot. He got shot in the water bottle, which was like on his hip, which is goddamn bananas. Uh, you know, someone shot a, a truck tire on accident. And I mean, you know, accidents are going to happen. And I don't know. A bunch of people were talking, oh, this is sky drawing. Someone else made up a, you know, they said, oh, this didn't happen back in the day when everyone shot fingers. You know? <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, but it's also the more people you have at an event, the more chances for shit to go sideways. You know, is the way I see it. Yeah. If you're gonna, if you're gonna have a big fucking event like this, shit's gonna go sideways, especially outdoors. You know. So I don't, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Jim? What, did, you think they went a little nuts with the uh, with the sky drawing rule because you know, word was a bunch of pros were gonna get DQ'd and you know zero tolerance people getting DQ'd. Blah, blah, blah. What do you think? Yeah. I understand. I play devil's advocate a lot, so I understand where they're coming from. So, you know, they they put it out there, they start waving the big stick, you know, like, listen to what mom and dad had to say or else you're going to get this. But, you know, anybody's shot archery long enough, whether you shoot an index finger release, a thumb button, or a hinge, you've had accidental discharges for any numerous kind of reasons and like you said there's you know 1400 to 1600 people here shooting you know and it's gonna happen I think it's closer to 300 300 people yeah there's 70 targets uh huh and there's 24 people on each target no okay <laughs> But yeah, accidents, you know, accidents happen. I When they were talking about, like, insurance getting pulled because people aren't getting... I, you know, insurance isn't going to get pulled because people aren't getting punished. Insurance is going to get pulled when someone gets hurt, you know. And they didn't do anything about it. If, yeah, like you said, insurance is going to get pulled if there was a continuing thing happening and the host club did nothing to try and prevent it. Right, right. So, As of now, the only, you know... The word is out. The only in, Yeah, the word is out. The only injury that ever happened was like 10 years ago when Mike Stratman got shot in the calf, you know, and all our Redwood Bowman homies had to carry him to the hospital. <laughs> so, I don't know. It sounded really painful, but the way they tell the story, it sounded really funny. <laughs> I heard they had margaritas after. So. <laughs> yeah, I heard they had margaritas as well. I'm sure Max, Mike Stratman did not think it was funny. He's yeah. probably the only guy that wasn't laughing about it to this day. But, yeah, pretty interesting. They were coming down hard today. And, you know, uh, I think these guys... So, first, the dude who shot the Tim Davis in the water bottle, I think they let him go, right? They didn't kick him out right away. I don't know the specifics, yeah. But basically, everyone that committed an infraction in the, you know, on Friday or Saturday, today apparently they were DQ'd and they were asked to leave, um, or they were just, you know, told to pack it up. I don't think they left, but told to leave the, the, the event. But damn, you know, what you gonna do? Just 
keep it under control, I suppose. A bit of a downer. A bit of a... I know. You know what sucks, though, is getting a fucking zero at, at Reading. Yeah. You know, you shoot all year, and then you do something boneheaded like that and almost kill a guy. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Davis pretty lucky guy, though, huh? Very lucky, yeah. And, uh... He was uh, him and his group were applauding when they were said, you know, people are going to get kicked out, disqualified. <laughs> uh, understandable. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't want to see anybody else get hurt. You know, obviously not themselves get hurt. So yeah, Rudy was saying, our buddy Rudy Sandoval was saying, uh, I'm going to help enforce the rule. And I said, Rudy, you got enough shit to worry about right now. Why don't you just? Yeah, just concentrate on shooting. He's like, I'm too busy concentrating on not getting shot. <laughs> that was one of the funniest things he had said all week. <laughs> I don't know. He had a lot of good ones. Uh, what else? Botech. Another word on the word on the vine is uh, Botech got all their bows stolen from the hotel so that their vendors uh, didn't have a chance to set up shop. Anyone notice the vendors were pretty? I mean. Don't get me wrong. We're not putting down this event. This is an awesome event, and I'm so glad we had it this year. But were the vendors weak, as in there weren't a lot, and then the ones that were there didn't have a lot? Like, What are your thoughts, Jim? I, I agree. I, I was, uh, I'll say exactly like you said. There was big gaps in the vendor area, and the amounts they had with them were uh, very minimal. But, again, that's probably due to the... Stupid pandemic. Nah, you can't blame everything on the pandemic, Jim. Why not? <laughs> Everybody else does. <laughs> well, I know. I I, what would I I wanted to buy Genox today. I was like, surely someone has Genox down there. I couldn't even find gold tip pin knocks. Yeah, nothing. It, it was just like, uh, all right. The only vendors that were there selling shit was Spider Archery and um, True Ball. True Ball was making a fucking killing, you know. And what? What? Are you, who else? Uh, Feather Vision. Yeah, Feather Vision. Uh, Annihilator. I saw Annihilator broadheads. They seem to be, you know, cleaning up at these events. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, having them there is really pertinent to uh, target archery. God damn, Jim. Jeez, go, go easy on them, dude. They're just trying to make some money in the sport. So, <laughs> anyway, um, man. I saw a couple cool things this weekend. One was this dude that was in my group. He uh, has a company. I don't know if he works for a company or his buddies are starting something, but it is a group called Vision Archery. These dudes made this saddle that will change your PSE into a, like, uh, okay archery style bow. And it was so you wouldn't need a cable guard. You yeah. would just have a saddle with with that would split your string or your cables, split your cables into two, and then you would shoot through your cables. And I thought that was fucking dope. I thought that was really cool. I'll be honest. The first thing I thought was that's useless, right? I was like that kind of shit is reinventing the wheel and it's useless. But this dude shot really fucking good with it, and I thought. Ah! Maybe there's something to it. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about that system, bud? I've seen that, the uh, shoot-through cable system in a few few different settings. Uh, I think originally saw it, 
uh, Ada Martin back uh-huh. in the early 2000s, Martin Scepter. Somebody else could uh, probably chime in and say better, but then also the uh, OK Archery Bows also did the same thing. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, and then I think these guys have been out for a while and they've been, you know. Uh, Vision Archery? Well, that, that bracket where they, uh-huh. you know, they, they can turn pretty much any bow into a shoot-through uh-huh. uh, cable system. Now, my question is, why hasn't more archery companies done that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't know. Uh, there must be. There's got to be some reason to it. Too many cables. Too many. Well, no, because Prime, Prime created a bow that needed ten goddamn cables and three goddamn strings, right? I mean, yeah. Where's that bow at now? Uh, that has been shit canned for Prime's newest bow, the inline system. <laughs> They're like, hey guys, I got a great idea. Let's do something everyone, everyone else has been doing for 20 years already. <laughs> Create a binary cam. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what was, there was another bow company. What was their uh, What was their slogan? Uh, Catch us if you can. Oh, Matthews. Oh, the solo cam. Yeah. Yeah, I remember they. You know. So. And then they, then they went to. What did they go after that? On the no cam. Yeah. The no cam that was actually a cam. Yeah, and they said the no-cam was going to revolutionize archery forever. Yeah. And they're like, this is what it's going to be, and this will never go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all Matthews are, nearly all Matthews are two-cam bows now. Yeah. Yeah, one year one year after the no-cam, they were like, hey, guys, I got a great idea. Let's put cams on the bow. <laughs> Genius! <laughs> oh, these companies remind me a lot of myself when I'm like, I will never shoot a hinge again. Until this weekend. <laughs> Where people are telling me, like, what, were you, were you, you interested in shooting a V-bar? No! <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. Let me see that bracket, though. <laughs> Let me just look at it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I don't know. Any honorable mentions, Jim? How was your weekend? How did you feel like it panned out? I'm fairly happy. I mean, you know, there's always, I think, you could go to the extreme and could shoot a perfect score, and there still would be people that were like, you know what? I shot a perfect score. Actually, I'm sitting in the car with a guy who shot a perfect score one time, and he still wasn't happy. So uh, that was in the, at this event, and uh, hey, I'm the, still talking. Uh, Don't take the microphone while I'm talking. This is the, the this is why it's important that I have the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> you're always you're always wanting more, and you know you can always improve a little bit more. So, but mm-hmm. overall, I'm happy with my execution. My aiming was good. My numbers were good. My bow, my Tom Parkinson strings were fantastic all weekend long. I don't have one problem with those. Right. Heat rotation, everything was on point. So I'm happy all that. Uh, I got some uh, things I want to try and some things that uh, came up that I hadn't seen before in, in a lot of my practice. So uh, yeah, that's, that's one of those things that's... You know, you got to try to uh, fix. Yeah, it, it's interesting how an event like this will show you the holes in your game, you know? And normally, I think the outlaws, for us, those of us in California and the surrounding states, we have the outlaws. And the outlaws is the, is the 
kind of like the the appetizer or the you know the sample of Reading that we get to use to refine our game. I think right. maybe a lot of you other states out there have, you know, I guess it would be field rounds. I don't know how many other states do safari, but that's the thing for us. And I don't know, Jim, you, you've done a few of the outlaws this year, right? That's true, yeah. I mean, usually we do the outlaws. Very grateful for that because the nothing like some competition and real-world pressure will bring out issues that you didn't see or issues that were, you know, bigger. So, right. right. But I hadn't seen that before this yeah. weekend. Yeah. And so, uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was interesting, you know, I got to shoot with Austin all weekend. Uh, Austin Watts, you guys check him out. I think he placed, I want to say he placed uh, 1-5, 15. But he ended up you know, going to shoot off, shooting with the big dogs, you know, you shoot with Blake Drum, Dumagoy Boudin, all those guys that you hear about. And so, Austin's no slouch. And uh, he shot a 1532. Um, eight, eight down. I mean, you guys try and picture it. Try and, try and picture it. Only dropping eight points all week. That's incredible. You know, I, I was hoping for 10 down for myself. I ended up, I ended up doing a little more than that. Um, but, you know, uh, I scored higher than Greg Poole, so that makes me happy. Uh, I can't say I'm the best podcaster out there because I think Rudy beat me by a point. So, you know, Rudy's up there. And, uh, man, it was just everyone was hitting. Everyone was doing good, you know. Um, it's interesting to see guys like Austin, though, because I saw whenever Austin did drop a point, it was like, I don't want to say fury, but every point he dropped, you can tell, stuck with him. And uh, I think that's important because, you know, it, it all means something. It, it, it's all kind of impactful. He's going to learn from all these mistakes. And I would wager that next year we see guys like Austin, well, specifically Austin, do even better, you know. Um, I know Austin, he told me that he wasn't able to put the same kind of practice in that he did before. I think he said he only shot his bow like a handful of times. So, I mean, props to him for for kicking ass. <laughs> I'm serious. Don't fucking quit. Uh, so, Jim, you had a rival that you're trying to beat. You trying to beat Chuck Cooley? No, no, it's not a rival. It's just. What did Chuck Cooley say that pissed you off so bad? Nothing. It's just. It's just. Uh, you know, if if I feel like I did okay and I still get beat by a, a particular individual I, it's time to hang it up well, and you've decided Chuck Cooley is that canary in the coal mine for you that is correct so what do you have against Chuck Cooley uh, nothing I'm just um, someone who gives out advice freely and rarely breaks a certain level of uh, score. <laughs> I don't think they should be giving out advice. <laughs> oh, there it is. God damn. <laughs> Jesus. I, uh, Chuck Cooley is the guy that makes that really cool lens, right? Yeah, he used to be uh, Feather Vision, Mr. Feather Vision. Uh, I think he's some kind of eye doctor, uh, glasses uh, uh, designer, or something like that. The term is optometrist. Yeah, you know, whatever. There's terms for everything. So. Yeah, well, that's interesting, man. Uh, 
Did you uh, did you beat him? I'm not sure, but I'm looking checking well, his day day two score. Well, you know, you do have to concentrate on driving. So I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't worry about it. I didn't know you had such a chip on your shoulder from Chuck Cooley, but that's really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I I'm cool with Greg Poole even. I you know I I got nothing against him. Although he did say something directly behind me this weekend, and I almost like flipped around, shit my pants, and blocked my forehead all at the same, all at the same. Like I was like, "Hi, block!" <laughs> hit, the, hit the ground. <laughs> so I see. What was your favorite uh, favorite runner targets this week, Jim? You um, twenty two the moose. I twenty two the moose. That was that was a, a good one. And then I the moose was before you go on. The moose was sixty seven yards, right? Okay. Dead air, dead air. Seventy-three or sixty-nine. Okay, it was far. Yeah. Very slight downhill, and then uh, and it was windy as fuck. Right to left, I think. Right. Yeah. Yep. I was the only one in the group to get it this time. Oh, that's gotta feel good. That was nice. I took a little picture, and then I also twenty-two the. Uh, what's the one right behind the? All the food vendors there, the goats. Right behind all the food vendors. Yeah, it's like the one that starts like the starting target that yeah. goes up into the yeah the two white goats. Yeah, twenty two that with like arrows stacked on top of each other. Those were two of my favorites. Two, two that you were proud of. Yeah, and a twenty one Bigfoot. That that was the first. How did you do on the? Uh, there's a certain section of the course right after the the two elk, right? Where you're starting to work your way up the hill, right? After the 88-yard elk, you work your way a little bit up the hill, just to the left of the elk, and there is a 19-yard squirrel. Or it's a bunch of squirrels. 19 yards with little, little dots on them. And my group, when we got up to them, this guy in our group's like, that is the wrong size spot. This isn't correct. And Austin goes, no, it's always been like that. They've always been tiny. And he goes, no, no, this isn't right. And I just told him, like, hey, man. They're trying to make it tough. Like this is how it's supposed to be. Did you uh, did you hit those? I'm maybe I got the squirrels, but I don't think I got the downhill antelopes. Downhill antelopes. Which ones are the downhill antelopes? Where? It's like two after that, isn't it? They yes, yes, downhill antelope. Yeah. Um, I twenty one the squirrel. <laughs> I felt so fucking dumb. Austin twenty one the squirrel too. We lost the team point. I don't understand. That is, you're not alone. I don't feel bad. I mean, yeah, you're gonna feel bad. I, I feel bad too. But it's nineteen yards. Maybe the dots a little unsized, but it's nineteen yards. It's bigger than a Vegas ten. Right, and and we talked about that in the past podcast. Was like, don't be giving up points on that. And I, man. Those, that is a freaking tough target for some yeah. reason. Yeah. And, you know, the very slight uphill, but I don't think it was enough to, you know, to be anything crazy. I, I think you got good footing. Good footing. It wasn't overly windy. Right. Sun wasn't in your eyes. So maybe it's because I've been shooting archery for so long, but I felt like everything was, everything was doable. Like there was, you sure. know, anything that I missed, I kind of felt stupid for you know, I felt like, well, geez, like, what do you, yeah. you know, it's like, um, like misspelling your name on your homework or, you know, knowing the right answer to a math problem, but writing the wrong number, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just weird. 
So, yeah, there was that. <clears throat> Man, um, I'm going to jump around too hard, but a friend of mine, she uh, came to me and told me her that her bow was messed up. And you were standing there. I don't know if maybe you caught part of this conversation, but she was saying, my bow is out of time. And this was all kind of like a preface for like, you know, she didn't come to me and tell me she shot bad. She came to me telling me that her bow was out of, like, my bow's out of time, and that's why everything's hitting bad, and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, no. You know, I looked at her bow, and I was like, it, it's fine. And she goes, no, the guys at the booth just told me that, you know, it was out of time. And it's like, you know, those guys at the booth, like, not to put anyone down in the industry, but most of those guys really don't give a fuck about anyone's problems here at this event, because they're either worried about their score a shoot-off that they have to do, packing up the truck full of shit so that they can leave it. You know, most of them are thinking about something else. So, I wanted to tell my friend, your bow is not out of, out of time. And I looked at it, you know, Matthew's bows have little holes where the, uh, you know, you're supposed to move the cable, supposed to bisect the, uh, these holes in the cam. And uh, it looks fine. Uh, everything looks fine. And uh, she was saying, oh, man, what... Else was in. Something else was wrong with this bow that she was telling me about. But oh, her her marks. She said her, my, all my marks changed today. And it's like, well, most likely it wasn't your marks. And that. And I asked her, you're using your phone. And she said, yeah, she's using Archer's Mark, just like I say. You know, I tell everyone Archer's Mark is like, even if you're gonna use the sight tape, Archer's Mark is a solid thing to have in your pocket in case you need to change something on the fly. So I asked her. I said, why didn't you just punch in a new number? And she says, well, you, you don't get it. My marks are off. And, and, you know, for everyone else who's listening, if you have a problem, that's the whole reason why I stress using Archer's Mark. I don't I don't want you to use Archer's Mark instead of using a sight tape. I want you to use an Archer's Mark in case things change. In conjunction. Yeah, you can, you can keep it rolling. You know, you're not, not, not going to get screwed on the fly. A good example is I switched... I switched stupidly but I mean it worked I switched to a hinge release <clears throat> right in the middle of shooting and um, my marks were off when I say in the middle of shooting I mean between days so it wasn't like in the middle of actually shooting but after one of the days I went to the range or I went to the practice range across the street and I shot new marks with my hinge because the point of impacts was just slightly different between my hinge and my uh, thumb button well, there you have it. Now I have marks that I can adjust on the fly. I have a new set of marks I can adjust on the fly. It took, it only took me just whatever time it took me to shoot the marks in. So, you know, on the field, if if you're hitting off, I think I think she said she was hitting like a yard off, which I don't think, you know, I love my friend, but I don't think she can, she's accurate enough to be able to call one yard or not. And also, I, was, I did hear part of the conversation. She said, well, this only started happening in the last half of today, so, okay. Could be anything. Yeah. Could be your endurance, could be your eyesight. It's probably none of the, it's probably just. Or a little bit of everything. It's probably just weaking out on shots is what it is, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's the third day of continuous shooting. You're going to get people that are going to be wimping out on shots. It was colder, it was rainy. Yeah, it was cold, it was freezing cold today, you know? Granted, it was only 20 targets instead of the 25, but it seemed to go long today. You know, there were, there were backups where, where there needed to be, you know. So, 
don't know, if my friend does happen to listen to this show, I hope she doesn't get offended. But, uh, you know, I think we are all past the point of blaming our gear, you know, especially before Reading, you know what I mean? Even if you have to fly out here, it's, you know, I think we're all at that level now. I kind of feel like that, you know, where, you, where you're blaming your gear is kind of like the that's kind of like the beginner phase when you're still figuring out what kind of gear you want to shoot, you know? And then there's that phase where you're starting to get good, but you still blame your gear for your boneheaded mistakes, you know? And then there's that phase you get where, you know, you're wearing a pink jersey and telling everyone you cleaned Redding, but you didn't this week because you fucking, you know, your gear. And then when you graduate from that, you don't blame the gear anymore. And then you take responsibility for whatever happens and I think there's even phases beyond that <laughs> where you say, I just solved the problem. So, um, you know, I hope I make it clear to you guys that you don't have to be a sucker and fall victim to your sight tape if that is what the problem is. In this case, I don't think it was, but even if it wasn't, you could have just punched new, new marks in to eliminate that as an excuse, you know? Yeah, there's there's a three-day shoot. There's quite a few people that show up on Thursday. You had plenty of time to double, triple, quadruple check your stuff Thursday. You come off the course after Friday. You have an issue or you just sense something. You know, we didn't shoot that many arrows. You can go and spend a solid hour at the practice range across the street and double check your stuff again, get new marks or whatever you know, if you if you feel like your bow went out of time, you can get it timed and so, and then you can do that again Saturday, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think there's plenty of opportunities to make sure things are in order so not so, you know, short of having a catastrophic failure of you know, uh we, yeah. we helped a uh, someone in my uh, target. Uh-huh. Um, D-Loop was just, you know, she ended up having a, a big burr on her uh, fairly new release, and it was chewing up the D-Loop. Really? And uh, finally, you know, showed it to a few of us, and, you know, and the archery family came through. Somebody had a piece of pre-made loop already. Another guy had uh, pliers, lighter. You know, we uh, handed off the scorecards to a couple other people. They took over while we took care of the bow. You know, and uh, you know the next target, she shot a 22. You know, and she kept shooting right where she was because she had. Uh, you know, I was. You know, we're not going to toot everybody's horn, but you know, we had some knowledgeable people knowledgeable people on the target mm-hmm. we checked the uh, the length of our D-loop as, as best we could you know out there on the course checked the knock fit you know before and we tried to replicate that as best we could she had a tied in knock on the bottom and everything came out great you know uh, someone, that's awesome someone had a file you know we pulled the little burr off as best we could filed it bam Damn, that's an awesome group to shoot in, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. Everyone came together in that instance. Are you guys the reason why we're all backed up five or six targets? No, no. We, <laughs> we're doing good. I mean, uh, 
just kept trucking along. Uh, it was just odd, you know. It seemed like there was a couple targets that were oddly backed up, you know. Obviously, the ones that are regularly have a uh, backup were still uh-huh. there. Yeah. But there was a few others this year. Um, yeah. This is the first time I've shot in this kind of order. I usually shoot a little farther back on my starting target, so it worked out good. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like any target that was a long target, there would be a backup, or any target where wind could possibly be a factor. That became a, an issue for backup. But, man, I didn't. we didn't wait more than 10 minutes. You know, I, Even the backups were short. Even the backups were short, man. It was all, it was mellow. It was cool. But, you know, maybe it's because, you know, what word on the street is like 150 people didn't show up. Yeah, I heard uh, there was 130 people that paid, you know, and uh, were unable to show. There was uh, over a dozen people in the uh, money classes that didn't show for whatever reason. Yeah. Probably yeah. because of the pandemic. <laughs> you got such an axe to grind against the pandemic. Stop, stop calling it plandemic, okay, Jim? That's not what it is. <laughs> it's, uh, they're using it against us, people. <laughs> nothing to fear but the federal government, yeah. man. And so, anyway, uh, do something I noticed um, this week is that the people that work at that club, the Straight Arrow Bow, is it Straight Arrow Bow Hunters or Bowmen? Straight Arrow Club. How's that? Yeah, the Straight Arrow Club. Those people work their fucking asses off. And, like, there's people at my club that I'm not even really a member of anymore that work their asses off and then just bitch and moan about what they're doing. The people at this club do 20 times as much than the Redwood Bowman. And targets were awesome. The targets were awesome. No pass. No pass-throughs, you know, the, the the range was awesome and manicured, but not even that, people working their asses off, like Randy and Heather Tucker, you know, uh, organizing the, well, the registration, like imagine do, just doing the registration for, like you said, 1,400 people, which there most definitely was not. Yeah, 301, right? It was 301 only? Yeah, something like that, but I mean, that's a lot of fucking people, and uh just doing the registration for those people. That's that's insane. But they had three people in the registration tent. They had four or five people, you know, out front uh, on the other side of the clubhouse doing snacks and, you know, lunch and everything. Plus there was like two or three or four other snack shacks out there. Um, and then, you know, while we're packing up, well, you know, we're leaving while the shoot-off's, while the shoot-off's going on, there's dudes driving around on ATVs picking up targets, man, because it's fucking Sunday. Clean up garbage. Yeah, people are cleaning up garbage, and they gotta work. Uh, they gotta work on a Monday, you know. So they're getting it all done now. It was, it's intense, dude. I would hate to be a member of that club. Yeah, I mean, as a past president of a club and uh, having to deal with some smaller shoots, you know, I mean. It's it's a it's an undertaking, you know. Big shout out to the president of the club, Ronald Perry. Great job, you guys. You got a great staff. The range was in tip top shape, and uh, can't wait to come back. Yeah, you guys do good, man. Hey, so Jim, you were the president of a club at one time. Actually, I was. Uh, I've held multiple positions at my local club. 
What what club were you the president of? I'd rather not say. Is it? Come on, give us a name. San Francisco Archers. San Francisco Archers. Are you got? Are you a communist, Jim? You are. Oh, he's nodding his head. Yes, everyone. But it's okay. He just spent a whole week at Reading. I'm sure he's backing off of it a little bit. You didn't say anything about that. All joking aside, uh, I do want to thank everybody who wanted to buy, you know, archery unfiltered gear. You know, uh, I sold out of hats again. So much so that the the very last guy, I told him, I was like, you can have the hat that I'm wearing. And he bought the hat that I was fucking wearing. So it's like, I, I don't know about you guys. If Dave Cousins offered me his hat, I would not wear it. Because whatever is causing his hairline to do what it's doing, <laughs> I would not want that growing on my scalp. All right? Uh, but this dude didn't even give a fuck. I was like, dude, you could wash it. You know? And it, it could be like, he was like, yes, I'll take it. Uh, so, man... Uh, thanks to all, all of everyone who is so damn cool to me, you know, I, you know, I, I definitely felt like, um, you know, I didn't make it to the shoot off this year, but I definitely felt like I did because everyone felt the need to stop by and talk to me and give me positive notes on the show. And I appreciate it. You know, Wendell's will have another batch of shirts and hats if he gets enough interest. So text him, message him, once the uh, orders get above 12 for each one, he'll think about doing another run. Yeah, I don't know about shirts. You guys are too hard to plan for shirts. You know, I kind of pictured the all-archers being somewhere between XL and double XL, but apparently that's not the case. Um, hats are a little easier for me to do, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll do another run of hats. As of right now, I'm just... Uh, I don't know. As of right now, my main focus is to get ready for Nevada City. Like, we have a, a, a tournament coming up in one month. Um, it's the fourth leg of the Outlaw Series. <clears throat> Nevada City, it's uh, a couple hours from here. Uh, well, we're still kind of like in the northern... We're south of Redding right now, but... That's the big one. Uh, it's one that you and me personally Jim have done good on in the past Jim used to be my outlaw partner for you guys that don't know that's why me and Jim are so close now um, amongst other things you know uh, I've been trying to get him to come away from his communist club and come shoot at my uh, archery club but you know he, he won't because he lives in the communist city but me and Jim were outlaw partners and together we shot really good in Nevada City alright Jim do you remember what we placed uh, we took second I believe we took third I think it was second, but, you know. I have the check on my wall, actually, so. <laughs> it's one of the events that I really cherish, the the, the the big cardboard check that we got. Lodi. Lodi, we got second. That Lodi, we got second. Nevada City, we took third. We got yeah. big checks. I have pictures of us. Um, I'm excited for Nevada City. Are you going to be there to shoot it? I am, yeah. I hope to uh, do good. You know, usually uh, Nevada City... Is the the pinnacle of the season because you know we're after Reading. We've already done two or three outlaws most years, and uh, everybody's sharpened up. You know, everybody's um, handicap points are down, so scores are high and tight. Yeah, scores are high and tight, just like your mom. <laughs> but um, I, the other thing 
Another reason why Nevada City is so fucking awesome is that it's a very non-technical course. At least in my personal opinion, it's a lot of like, I mean, maybe there might be one target you cut yardage on, but everything's pretty flat. Everything's pretty straight up, you know? The only time there's really going to be any wind is on the shoot-off, if you make it to the shoot-off. Right. They make you uh, do the shoot-off on like a skeet shooting, or what do they call it, trap shooting. Uh, uh, course. Is range. It a course? It's a range, yeah. And so that's kind of cool. Wide open. It's wide open, a little bit of wind. I have some ideas to prepare for it. You know, Redding's shown me a lot. But before I go through and tell you guys everything that, you know, that's on my list to change to make things better, I'm going to go and implement these things, and I'll tell you guys after whether or not they work. So, I'll explain all this shit. If you guys have, you know, if you guys had issues in Redding, maybe some of the stuff I talk about will apply to you. Maybe it won't. Um, hopefully... A lot of you guys listened to my very first episode, which was how to get ready for Reading. Um, it was only 45 minutes long. I thought it was like, I remember it being like an hour and a half because I had seven pages of notes. The first podcast I did for you guys, I really prepared and planned for. Um, now I just, just kind of wing it. You know, smoke a joint and say stupid shit, but... Maybe that's why you thought it took so long. You're so high. You're like, man, this is like three hours long. I wasn't stoned then. Uh, At least I don't think I was. Residual? (laughs) Residually, you might have been. (laughs) Yeah. And then after Nevada City uh, is the uh, California State Field Championships. I'm going to be shooting that in the pro class for the first time, which is a new experience because X's count as an extra point in the pro class for field archery. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, I knew about it, but never shot in the pro class doing field, so I never really gave a shit. I was always kind of like, all right, whatever. You guys go feel special about your higher score because you can hit some X's, you know? So I'm I'm excited to do that one. Uh, it's going to be at a field that's kind of notoriously windy. But yeah, it's extremely flat. It's the exact opposite of technical. You know, it's almost shooting in a vacuum. Except it's windy. So, anyway, we'll be shooting. We'll be shooting 28 field and 28 animals the first day, and then 28 hunter the second day. Oh yeah, that hunter target is my specialty. I really, I really like shooting the hunter target. I generally suck on the animals. How do you? Uh, how do you fare on the animals, Jim? You know, I can't say uh, I've really shot an animal round with. For a score, the last time I probably did was at a club shoot, and they didn't have the extra dots in there at that time. Oh, so man. most of the time, that's you know how far back it was. You know, everybody cleaned it, cleaned the animal around, so it was just a you know uh, just some circumstance to get over with. Yeah. How do you feel about shooting uh, the animal around with 27 diameter arrows? At the club we're going to, I think that would be insane. <laughs> insane? Yeah, I mean, I, I see no benefit in that. I'd see it actually just making it harder. Uh, that could be. That could be. But uh, I do believe on animal rounds, aren't the animals like 50 yards or under? Yeah, I think, I think you're correct. I, if anything, I would, you know, if I was going to try to get a line cutter for those extra dots within the animals, I would, I would just shoot a regular... 
246 size arrow, you know, versus this skinny. A, two, a 246 hunting arrow. What about a 23 or a gold tip 22? Yeah, that's a possibility, but I don't have those, so. Ah, you should get them, man. You shoot gold tip arrows. Yeah, they, they don't fall out of the sky for me like they do for you. <laughs> I'll be having those, though. <laughs> so, anyway, that was our very mild uh, rating recap. Is there anything, uh, any notable shit that you want to mention, Jim? No, I just hope everybody had a good time. And uh... Paige won the women's class. You're in love with Paige, right? Yeah, Paige did win. Yes, I will agree with that. I'm happy for her. It's been um, it's been a couple of years since she's won. So yeah, and congratulations to her. Congratulations to Gaius. And uh, I hope I hope to see the rest of the standings very soon and uh, see who placed where. Yeah, me too. Me too. Admittedly, we did the piss poor thing of leaving during the shootoffs, but it's such a madhouse like some years that you know if you're not if you're not there to shoot off it, it's almost imperative to just leave early so that uh you don't get caught in the, the whole hubbub of trying to get out you know so you know not proud of leaving early or, or leaving during the shootoffs, but all my homies that were involved they know that uh i was rooting for them and you know all that jazz so uh yeah onward one more one more outlaw one more field target something or other then uh you know our state will have a couple of feeded tournaments which i probably won't do yes you will no no if you're not going to do those you'll probably end up doing the 900 round i call that a feed and oh shit the state 500 the state 900 you know, I don't know about that, Jim. Like, I'm, I'm really, at this point, I'm almost thinking of just fading off into obscurity. Like um, that guy that it was in that documentary that's climbing all those mountains, you know? The, al- the alpinist. Alpinist. Yeah. yeah. The guy who's uh, in a frozen grave out there on the mountain somewhere. Yeah, dude. That's how I want to go. And so, you know, he had a cool thing of where he's just doing the thing because he loves it. And then, you know, tries not to... I don't know. Part of me is like, oh, man, I could really do that. Maybe I'll just shoot archery and, like, be like an archery monk. Disappear and not not say anything. But then it's like, oh, I put out so much work into archery and filtered. And, and telling people, you know, hey, don't listen to this bullshit. This is bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, uh... I can see that happening. What was that? I, I can see that happening. You know, we could find... We'll find your car broken into at Redwood Bowman. And then you'll, you know, like, say, well, we saw him heading the wrong way on the target range and we never saw him again we saw we found one broken arrow and that was it <laughs> shot by uh trad shooters shot and murdered by trad shooters <laughs> cannibalized <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'd be the only thing they could hit <laughs> uh, all right guys well that's our short recap um you know as always uh, Archer and Filters brought to you by DB Custom Coatings. I don't know how many custom bows you guys saw, saw this weekend, but if you watched Austin shooting the shoot off, his American flag Invicta was done by Darren and Bet from DB Custom Coatings. It looks sick. There's going to be pictures everywhere. You guys will see it. Um, 
you know, that American flag boat looks really damn cool. And I think if you guys, you know, maybe, you know, because the red, white, and blue is already done by Austin, but you could get something close. You could get, like, you know, a desert camo theme American flag, or you could get the American flag one. I don't give a shit, but... Punisher school. Yeah, Punisher, dude, where it's, like, black and white and what, red? Oh, Punisher skulls instead of uh, stars. Knock on. You get a knock on themed bow. Get something crazy, you know. Tell Darren that you got a crazy idea and you want it done. Darren will he'll bust out the uh, the vinyl cutter and he'll make a stencil for it. He'll or what do they call that mask. He'll mask it off. He'll, he can do some great detail. Um, Darren's done my indoor bow that I will break out sometime soon. I should take a picture of it so we can see it. Um, and it looks sick. My indoor bow looks insane. Uh, aside from that, the show is brought to you by Carbon Craft Stabilizers. Uh, I shot Carbon Craft Stabilizers at Reading. I'm all done with the bee stingers. Uh, you know, I've said plenty of times, like, there's a very noticeable difference between bee stingers and Carbon Craft bars. The bee stingers are just a little bit softer. You know, I'm, I can't say that they aim worse, because they don't. But Carbon Craft bars are really damn damp. There's that... They are the stiffest bars, like, I've tested, and, like, that's not just a subjective thing. I've actually tested them. They are the stiffest bars so far that I've tested. How did you test it again? I tested it on a crackhead deflection tester, which oh. is where uh, I mounted, I made a, well, like a block, like a threaded block that was viced to a table. Oh. Or a C-clamp to a table. Out of wood? Uh, no, not out of wood. Out of uh, 6061 aluminum, scientifically. And, uh... I threaded the, the the bar in. I then created a, a 516-24 threaded rod that had, I ground into a perfect point on the end. So it looked like it was like my indicator gauge. I then put a tape measure on the ground, put the tape going up in the air, right? I, you know, had each bar, I would, you know, mark each bar where the starting, the zero point was on the tape measure. I would pull each bar down a controlled amount. I believe it was like an inch and a half. And then with a the thumb button, I would I would fire the, or I guess I would pull it down on a D-loop and then I would fire the D-loop. So you could see how long the bar oscillated for and how quick it took to return to zero. That's a very subjective test. If by subjective you mean scientific, then yes, it was. It was extremely scientific. I will, let me rephrase unsubjective because you probably should have used some kind of device to test how much you're pulling down each bar. So I did. I pulled each bar down an inch and a half. No, that's not enough. No, that was actually perfect. And I also slow motion videoed the... You needed to use a scale. Thing. A scale? Yeah. Like a poundage scale? Yeah. I, what if I told you I used that luggage poundage scale on top of that? You didn't use it. Yeah, I did. No. So anyway, it was scientific. And uh, you can tell... Right away, carbon craft stabilizers are they, they like zero out faster than any other bar, um, scientifically. And whatever Jim says at this point is just hearsay bullshit nonsense. So uh, you keep using the word science a lot, you know. <laughs> I'm about to scientifically kick your ass on the side of the highway if you don't shut the fuck up. Do you do work for CNN on the side? <laughs> I work for the feds, bitch. <laughs> what was your control bar? Uh, uh, it was a. COVID vaccine. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, that's it, guys. 
only two sponsors I got to bring you this show is uh, Carbon Craft Bars and DB Custom Coatings. It's all I need, baby. So hopefully you guys all had fun this weekend. Hopefully you uh, came away with some good funny stories. What's that, Jim? What you got? Trying to say something? Keep your head up. Keep positive. Just like Wendell. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, realize you do archery because you love it. Oh, yeah. Well, before I exit, someone was telling me about people were, like, bitching and moaning about, like, how'd you shoot? Oh, man, it's fucking archery. You know how that goes. And my reaction to that was, why the fuck are, Why would you show up to an archery tournament if that's how archery made you feel? That's so... That's like me going to an insane clown posse concert and then people going like, well, why are you so irritated? I'm like, because there's fucking losers everywhere. <laughs> it's like, why did you show up there, dude? It's like, what? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of other parallels. Horse shows, dog shows, you know? Roe versus Wade at the Catholic Church? I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to show up to a fucking protest and be like, what's with all the fucking hair-dyed hippies here? It's funny, you know, you know where you're getting into. It's archery. Come out there and test yourself. If you weren't going to test yourself, you wouldn't be in Reading. So, to everyone that uh, showed up to Reading to bitch, shut up. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. You guys know. That's my, like, a forever rant. Uh, but, yeah. Thank you guys for all the support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for everyone that was wearing a hat or was sporting stickers or wearing a shirt. Man, seeing that shit out there uh, really gives me the juice to keep going. And, um... Maybe when all that shit dries up, maybe I'll fade into obscurity peacefully. Uh, but until then, I'll keep cutting these wacky podcasts, all right? So, uh, Jimmy, you want to sign off? Adios, bitches. <laughs>